Welcome back. back to the Slutpreneur Podcast. You're listening to two sluts who like to make money. I'm Anna D, the professional goddess, here to give you a sneak peek inside my life as a girl boss, mentor, retired cam girl and stripper, viral TikToker, and top performing OnlyFans creator. I share the ups and downs of running my multi-million dollar businesses and the fucked up road to riches. And I'm Liz, the other brain behind the professional goddess and the bitch that keeps shit running. Get ready to hear about all the behind the scene moments at the mothership, what it's really like to work with the professional goddess, and just exactly how we turn out viral content that leaves you throbbing. So come take a peek inside our pleasure chest of everything sexy, slutty, and business for our hustle and honeys. So whether you're a beginner slut or a retired hoe, or just a bad bitch here for the tea, we've got something for you. And after a decade of experience creating a female-ran empire, and all the lessons learned climbing up the corporate ladder, we welcome you on our journey to the slutty path to success. So grab your notes, put on your crown, and and let's let's get get down down to fucking business. Hey y'all, I have a special interview in store for you. I tend to repost my interviews on my podcast. I feel like the hosts of different shows create an opportunity to showcase different attributes about myself, depending on how I open up to them. And what's so special about the Whiskey and Water podcast is that Jessica and Olivia just made me feel so comfortable that I almost felt like I was oversharing. But after listening to this episode, it goes through my story but hits different depths so if you are new here this is a great interview to listen to i go over within the hour just my whole journey and my come up so let's get into the episode i know you will love it we're all monetizable you know we all think we're not worth a lot and again my expectations all the people around me even if you cook or if you clean or if you love dogs there is one thing about you that is enjoyable and there are people on tiktok literally cleaning their kitchen and people are watching it what's up guys howdy brothers welcome back to another episode of whiskey and water I'm your co-host, Jess. And I am your co-host, Liv. And this is our second time doing the intro. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's low-key the third. Oh, yeah, possibly. Um, Happy Monday or whatever day you're listening to this. We have an incredible conversation for you guys today with Anna. She is an absolute queen. She's the founder, CEO of multiple successful e-commerce brands has her own podcast, has her own OnlyFans, has her own media company. Like, what doesn't just she do? Just a badass bitch. She's just an absolute queen TikTok star. And mm-hmm. she really opens up and is super vulnerable about her entrepreneurial journey. We talk, we have really important conversations that are just so great. And refreshing, honestly. And yeah. I mean, what, but just a sweet angel and we, I do want to give a little bit of a trigger warning. We do cover some sensitive topics. So, you know, if you're in a vulnerable place right now or not doing great mentally, I would just, that is the disclaimer that I would like to give you guys a heads up on. Also, this is a rated R episode. Yes. Not safe for work, not safe for children. Yes, but such a good one. Perfect mix of business and pleasure, which is <laughs> super on brand for whiskey and water. <laughs> so I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. But before we do that, let's get into our segments. Let's go. Let's go low, brother. 
Okay, let's go. Um, honestly, a low, it's not, I mean, you know what? I feel like we kind of like always do this where we're like, it's not really a low, but like our lows are valid, even if they're not like the most sad day of our lives. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we just don't want to come off privileged. Yeah. I mean, obviously I hope that you guys would understand at this point that, you know, we're We're, pretty self-aware. Yeah. So my low for the week, and we won't get into it, like we won't do a deep dive into it because we honestly haven't even like figured it out yet. But or processed it yeah, at all. Yeah, we haven't processed it together yet. But it's really just the the truth of being an entrepreneur, scaling a business and having being people, a boss. being a boss and being a leader and having employees working not under you, you know, like I hate even like using that terminology, yeah. but like, you know, what I, you know, what just mean. working with employees and kind of it's, it's not an easy thing to navigate. And, you know, something was brought to our attention where someone on our team wasn't, you know, something just was brought up that I think we definitely could have done a better job. To, I mean, to give any sort of context, because I feel like that is so broad, <laughs> we, there was things said that triggered this person, you know, not like anything like sensitive, but rather they just felt like it was, and it's it's it was nuanced. It's not like we, yeah, it wasn't like they like went into their fight or flight. Like they they didn't realize it bothered them until after, and that was, I mean, just for any sort of context, it was talking about increasing, you know, pay in one area, and they were like, well, if we're increasing pay, it should go basically to them, and they had a point. And it was completely valid. Yeah. So it's just really navigating these these conversations. And I'm I'm really grateful that we fostered this type of relationship in this company culture where people feel like they can bring things to our attention before they start to feel resentment and mm-hmm. in such a loving way. You know, yeah. like the whole exchange was really out of love and understanding of each other and understanding of each other's intentions. Mm-hmm. And I'm super, super grateful for that because there was no malicious attitude on either end. It was like... I want the best for you and you want the best for me. And we're really just needing to find a solution here so that we can have the best for the company. Yeah, for sure. I'm really proud of that. But it was a little bit of a low kind of, you know, just knowing that we might have disappointed someone or maybe like just could have done better. But again, no losses, just lessons. But yeah, if I had to say a low, it would just be that moment of, you know, feeling like we could have done better. Yeah. And and having to navigate that conversation, you know, like it's definitely difficult and you want people to feel seen and feel heard uh, and valued, of course. So again, I feel like it is a low, but it, I mean, without these conversations, we would never be able to improve. Yeah. So. And if we're going to have it, I feel like the how we had it was the best way to have yeah, it. You know? it was. So that's the low. Um, is that a mutual low for the yeah, both of us? I would say so. Okay. And what's your high? Um, I would say my high is Vegas. I haven't spoken about Vegas. It's yeah. been like a week since. Yeah, yeah. Well, when did I get back? I got back Sunday and it's, yeah, almost a week. So fun. Uh, and Vegas was so much fun, guys. She had a blast. I feel like it was exactly what you thought it was going to be. And it was just like yeah. oh, what you needed. It, a was, little, it was dope. A little change of pace. And I always love going on influencer trips specifically because I love seeing how they're run. And because it's such a like interesting hit or miss hit or miss and such an interesting fucking industry. Like I'm getting flown out, getting my own hotel room, like getting, you know, meeting re- going alone too, meeting all new people. Mm-hmm. So it really is. It's always just a kind of like a wild card, which yeah. I'm always down for. <laughs> and I really just love how like seeing how things are run, seeing how I would have done things differently. I feel like it, you know, inspires me for mood and like things that we would love to do in the future. So it was a really great experience. And I will say 
you know, back in the day, I feel like we got these offers a lot from like random people, random, like maybe like promoters, club promoters and things like that. Like, oh, go on this promoter trip or whatever. Yeah. And that's not something that we do. Like the reason she went is because we've we it was with a company that we've already built a relationship with throughout the past three years. We've gone to their events. We've met like they have a reputation and that's why she went. Yeah. I also know the team. So it's not like I went in completely blindly. Like, like she knew it was going to be a well handled situation. Yeah. And it was really great. I met some really amazing influencers. There was, you know, people there that I've admired for a long time. And it really felt cool to be on this trip with them and kind of just like, you know, sitting at the same tables, Yeah, you you know, metaphorically and literally. Yeah, no, super, super cool. Um, I'm happy you went and I'm glad you had such a great time. Yeah, it was Um, good. My high, I will say, is seeing that I was on the front homepage of Aerie.com. Period. I don't know how long it's going to stay there, but I had no idea it was there. My friend Olivia Ormos texted me a screenshot and I was like, what the fuck? And I ran to my computer and I opened it up and boom, I was home, the, I'm the first picture. Home screen. I'm above Kelsey. Not above, but like. On they, the homepage. They could have put Kelsey Ballerini there. I mean, yeah. that's their like main. Yeah, like ambassador. she's like the header of Aerie right now. Period. What? I literally, I have now, I haven't been that excited about like something in a long time. And I was like screaming like a little girl running around (laughs) my house, like telling Tyler, like, like showing Tyler, screaming at him. Like, this is so fucking cool. Just a really full circle moment. Cause I shared on my Instagram that like, that was a dream client for me back in the day. Like I I almost want to try to find my journals from that year because I guarantee you, I wrote it down in a journal somewhere that I was manifesting like American Eagle forever 21 pink like all those clients and it's just so cool when like I kind of released that as in like not didn't really like hold a lot of value in it anymore and then four years later it kind of just like happened and I don't know it's just a really cool moment it's super cool moment. Trust, trust, we need to pull it up on the desktop after trust the process so so crazy but yeah just a great moment in my career and something that I'm like proud of as you should be I kind of feel like I manifested it too you did manifest it I literally said it on the podcast I'm like my goal is for them to use those pictures and then like book me as a model but yeah love that for me love that you can manifest whatever you put your mind to the world is your oyster it is um okay so now let's get into our deep dive so this is our segment where we tell you guys how we got our partnership uh we go into one collaboration how we got it what the deliverables are and what the rate is because we believe believe in rate transparency period period all right my deep dive for this week is um a diff eyewear collab but we're going me and olivia are going to the event which is on tuesday yes um so it'll be tomorrow if you're listening on monday and so we're going to the event and we have to post at the event and my rate is eight hundred dollars which is, is much lower than i would normally yes. take but I don't know. I like events. <laughs> I get, like events. They get you with the events. I can wear a cute fit. I can get some sunnies. It's also a planta. It's at planta. So I like a planta. We love. Yeah, it's easy. Don't and judge me. So, how did you get the deal? Through my manager, Michael. He d- wait. He did. He got you that. Unfortunately, I didn't get it through. I him. know. I know that. I know that. So I do have to give him 20%. That's what I'm talking about here. Not unfortunately that he got me the collab, but unfortunately that I gave That's him 20%. That's weird though that like you got it through him and I, I don't know why. gotten it through him. Okay. I don't know why. Um, yeah, we love a good event. I also am doing that, but I'll do a different one for my deep dive. Um, I am doing my deep dive on a brand called Biotrust. I've worked with them before. 
And the way this came about, the way I got the deal was, I think I've just been in touch with them the past few months. I think they said they'll keep me in mind for their upcoming projects. They finally reached out a few weeks ago and they want me to create a video pretty much with a script. Like they sent me the script. I do not have to post anything. So this Hell is yeah. just a content creation um, deal. And Typically, I think on my media kit, I might have like $500 for videos, but because they sent a script that I have to read, I'm like, you know what? Let's raise that because this is, uh, you know, I'm going to have to sit down, look presentable. And read like, the f- read remembering a, s- a script is one of the hardest things. That's like my main thing. I'm like, I need to sit down and genuinely like remember this script and speak on it as if as if I'm like a spokesperson, which oh. is like not something we really do. It's a new age commercial. Pretty much. So I'm like, this is going to take more time, more of my time, more of my effort. So I priced it at a thousand thinking that was like pretty high for what it was. And they went for it. It makes me think I should have priced it higher, but it is what it is. Hell yeah, brother. So that is the deal with them. Thousand dollars. That's fire. No, how, I how long is the script? I mean, it's like a solid page. Mm. I told Taylor. Can you split it up or no? Uh, yeah, I probably could. But I told Taylor, I'm like, Let's ask for a thousand. I know it's high, but let's just see what they say. And then they fucking agree to it. So shoot your shot. Taylor, if you're listening, reach out for me. Shoot your shot. Okay. I think that wraps it up. Let's get into our conversation with Anna. You guys are going to love this. Please guys, if you can make sure to share with a friend, leave us a review on Apple podcasts or on Spotify or YouTube, wherever you listen. I don't think you can leave reviews on YouTube, but comment, engage with us. Let us know you are enjoying the episode. Also, before we get into it, are you okay? Are you good? I'm waiting to say something. Okay, go ahead. Wait, I think you were going to say what I was going to say. We are thinking yes. about doing a Just Us season. Obviously, it would be after this um, episode, but just had the idea in the car yesterday. And I kind I had of... had the best ideas in the car. You really do. And <laughs> I... I'm not opposed to it. Would love to get your guys's take. I think you guys get a lot of value and really enjoy our Just Us episodes. And, you know, we would definitely have to be intentional about how we want to go about it and what topics we want to talk about. So any insight you guys have or if there's anything that you want to hear us cover and kind of deep dive into, please, please, please let us know. Don't be afraid to reach out. We would love to hear your thoughts and your opinions on that. Yeah, I mean, and... Obviously, like, so last season was a female founders season. So that's like kind of what we honed in on. We didn't really set a direct intention for this season, although we would have loved to. We just kind of haven't been super intentional with what we're doing on the podcast (laughs) uh, because we're surviving. But I don't know. Yeah, I had this idea come to me and I just felt like it would give us the opportunity to really reconnect with you guys because I feel like when we do our Just Us episodes, I feel like you guys reach out a lot more and you're like, oh my God, I can relate to X, Y, Z. Um, so, you know, just let us know. Yeah, <laughs> just just let us know, brothers. We love you. Thank you for being here and I hope you enjoy the episode. Oh my God, really quick. <gasps> what? Natasha Parker, yeah. if you're listening from we the ba- <laughs> from the bachelorette or the bachelor um she recently dm'd both Liv and i and was like i just wanted to let you know i listen and, and keep i keep going and i send your podcast to my other influencer people and friends and how did she even I'm i always, don't know i'm always curious to know how you guys find the podcast yeah because how from, the fuck did she find us is it from a friend post- i got posting about it is it from word of mouth i like, got that dm after i landed in vegas and literally was jumping up and down in the bathroom i was so excited i sent the screenshot to olivia it's and crazy. taylor and 
Kennedy. And I was just so, so excited. So it's, if you're listening, I love you. Yeah, we love you. And we want to have you on. But it's just so crazy because you never know who's listening. Crazy. Also, if you are listening and you do want to tell us how you found out about us, if it's not like from our personal followings, please let us know. Feel I'm free. genuinely so curious because podcasts don't have an algorithm. They don't have a for you page. So it's like you really only find out about it through word of mouth or someone else posting. So please let so us know. So interesting. Very curious. All right, guys. Let's get into it. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you on the other side. All right, guys. We are live in the virtual whiskey water studio with Miss Anna, Miss Professional Goddess. You love to see it. Thank you so much for joining us today. So fucking happy to be here. We are ecstatic to have you on. Of course, naturally found you on TikTok. As we do. As we do. As we, we do. We be on TikTok. <laughs> um, so for our audience who isn't already, you know, acquainted with you, give them a little bit of information on who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, my name is Anna. I am known as the stripper turned CEO. So Period. there are many, many layers to who I am. I think entrepreneur is the best word to describe me. But anyone who's listening, you might know me as Anna D, um, the professional goddess, and those kind of house other branches of brands that I have. Um, so my podcast is the Fletcherpreneur podcast, and <clears throat> we are gearing towards the professional goddess as the name since the internet suppresses the word slut and sex in general. Um, but if you came from TikTok, I'm Rebecca Blue over there. That's my alias as a Scorpio. I feel like I'm consistently growing and changing. So every time I level up, I essentially am a new person and the old one is kind of dead to me. And same with like when you're Googling someone, like if you Google their name, like all this stuff comes up. So when I kind of want to uh, start fresh, I'm like, now I have like a fresh Google search. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love exactly. That. And it kind of gives you leverage because you're just like, you have these like multiple different phases of your life with different names. <laughs> it's kind of exactly. nice. It's a nice it's, concept. It's fun. I'm like, maybe that's multiple personality disorder. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, maybe I just diagnosed myself. <laughs> yes. So Rebecca Blue, she's a viral TikToker. She, aka me, um, got a million <laughs> followers in a year because I talked about selling the weird things that I sell on the internet, which I actually trademarked. So, oh, amazing. Yes. Oh, I can't wait for this conversation. I mean, girls were riding my coattail about it and kind of taking what I worked really hard for. I'm like, you can, you can do it in, in your own lane, you know? Don't. Yeah, totally. I mean, at the same time, you know, you're doing something right when other people are, you know, trying right. to get, get those followers too. Right. Um, so what else? Let me see if there's anything else. Um, I do own three pretty prominent brands in the e-commerce space. So on Instagram, I'm, I'm known as Miss Mothership because my fulfillment warehouse, we're the mother shippers. And under that is Alien Outfitters, which was our first brand 10 years in the game. Wow. Um, so wow. the whole kind of alien express yourself, um, just embracing who you are. That's been my whole whole thing since I started, but we, or I, um, so I call it like, I know I've worked hard for this, but now I have a big team behind me. So it's definitely a wee thing, but I started an adult toy tobacco shop store because there are no sex shops that sell tobacco shops as well. So it's kind of like bongs and dongs. Ooh, mm. bongs and dogs. What a freaking hybrid. Or cannabis and kinks. Because the thing is, like, if if you enjoy sex and smoke pot, like that's a huge community that does that. So wow. our store is called the Horny Stoner, and that has gone viral in itself. And then the last 
brand I own is bladesforbabes.com, which is all about female safety and really bringing to our community the importance of tools we can use to feel safe and how to use them because you know, I'm sure a lot of us like have a knife or a taser, but we don't always carry it. And just again, being a sex worker, that's a huge part of it. So that is my life. It's a big ball of fuckery. I do too much. I never know how to introduce myself, but (laughs) here I am. I'm a slut. It's literally perfect. And we are multifaceted human beings and that's exactly how you should explain yourself. So kudos to you. No, it was perfectly said. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, I'm really curious as to how you kind of entered this like space of one, I suppose, you know, like the sex work side of things and kind of embracing that inner feminine and also kind of the entrepreneurship and kind of like, well, just what that path looked like for you. That's a great question. The most important thing is there has never been a business plan. Whenever I start planning I tend to set a really high expectation and consistently get disappointed. I do that with all the people in my life too. (laughs) So I found that my success came from beauty and the breakdown. It was a clear indicator that after I got a DUI when I was 17, that I had a lot of shit I needed to sort out before I became an adult. Um, My, the Christian school I was in wouldn't even let me graduate and I couldn't drive And how was I, how was I going to make money and get ready for this next chapter? Like, was I going to go to college? What was going to happen? So I started selling my used clothes on eBay and that was kind of just like a little side hustle. I've, I've actually done it like all through high school. I just used my mom's account, always been just naturally a hustler. It's a gene. Um, but I had a friend who was a stripper and she was kind of her and uh, some other girls. We were the ones who got in the DUI together, (laughs) but I had to take the rap for it, which totally happy I did. Um, so got the DUI, couldn't drive. And then my stripper friend was like, well, I'll drive your car to the strip club. Like you have the car I'll drive. We were like the perfect, um, combo. So yes, I was underage dancing, but I had a fake ID. I was still really smart as a young girl because by the time I was 13, I had double D. So I had dealt with being sexualized my whole life already and how to respond. Mm -hmm. But, um, the dancing, it was like, holy shit. I've been prepping my whole life to be a stripper. I did competitive dance in middle school. Um, I've always enjoyed fashion. I loved manipulating people for my gain in a really positive way, not a malicious way Mm -hmm. when they consented to it. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, in general, we all communicate in ways to benefit our you know, our, ourselves in a, whether it's like a spiritual, mental, mm-hmm. physical way. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> to speed things up, the strip club was business school for me. You know, girls were taking shots and taking their few hundred dollars home. And it was all a numbers game for me. I could go in a room. I could see who had money. I could see, okay, maybe I won't give them a dance, but I know they'll pay for my time. I always went for the older, larger, larger gentlemen, because I realized they're there to feel loved because they may not outside of the strip club. Mm. So the dances I felt a little more vulnerable in, um, especially after things happen that you get PTSD from. So I really focused on the long-term repeat customers that I could build a connection with and they would come for me and the Mm -hmm. regulars. So once I was making like a hundred dollars a day on eBay you know, potentially like a thousand a night at the strip club when I really committed to that hustle. 
um, that this huge door was in front of me, like, what the fuck are you going to do? And I did the math. I was making more than a college grad. So I was like, why would I get a loan, make less money, not be happy. Right. So then I realized what webcamming was. And I was like, oh my God, I don't have to be touched. And, you know, short story, I got kicked out of the club because they found out my age. Anyways, that was bound to happen. <laughs> right. So webcamming again, I was, I could just wake up in the morning and webcam all day, just keep the webcam on. And right. that taught me how to present myself through a camera. Mm. So this, I kind of kept under the radar. I wasn't necessarily proud of it. Being a sex worker comes with a big shame aspect. Mm -hmm. So I kept it under the radar. And then this pivotal moment happened where my brand went a little viral when Instagram had the natural algorithm. So through my e-commerce brand, um, I was using Shopify. I started making a thousand dollars a day there. And it was a lot easier because I didn't have to take my mental health in jeopardy being on a webcam because it, it does get extremely, I mean, that's a whole different type of trauma um, through webcam shows. Yeah, I'm sure. <clears throat> so then I made that decision again. Okay. I need to put my, t- my energy and time and watering the things that are going to grow. Mm-hmm. So the next, um, few years till I turned 21, I made my first million with alien outfitters when I was 21. So gross, not net. <laughs> so then, you know, then it all, it just kept bawling and going and going. And everyone's like, how'd you start? I want to do what you do. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to tell you about the parts that suck. Cause I don't really wish some of this on everyone. I was sacrificing my social life and really putting a lot on the back burner in what they say are the best years of your life. Um, right. so, you know, then I hired friends and, you know, they fucked me over and I realized I can, I can only trust myself. So I said, you know what? I'm going to move to the beach. I want to view. I'm tired of being in this little one car garage with no AC. And that's what I did. I moved to um, the East Coast. I started two other brands after censorship changed Alien Outfitters. And we couldn't advertise because we were selling knives and dildos and bongs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was just fucking bizarre. Um, So moved here and the pandemic happened. um, I think I was 23 when I bought my house. Um, still surprised that they gave a 23 year old with like no credibility. I was like, this is, I, I just felt like I was on a high horse. I was like, holy shit. Like, am yeah. I one of those You're people like, I can do anything gonna, like, I want? I was like, am I going to be someone they talk about in Forbes? Like, is this going to happen? Yeah. So I jumped off the deep end, moved here within a year with the pandemic, everyone was having sex at home. Everyone was getting high. So my business grew 300%. Wow. And then it was time to fucking get it out of my house. Uh, so I'm 25, 26 by now, almost to the decade point of being in business. And I bought a $1.25 million warehouse right down the road brand. Like they redid it ground up. Um, I finally had my COO with me for at least two years. We hired five more people. Holy shit. We had three assembly lines, like game fucking changer. So now it's been almost two years in the warehouse have gone through a lot more business struggles because there's so much more responsibility. Our our rent is like 10 grand. So when you're making like 30 grand a month and 10 is going to rent, 10 is going to payroll, you know, it's, it's a lot of anxiety. So I feel like now I'm back right in the beginning stages, working almost as hard as I did when I started, 
to keep things steady. So um, when I was on TikTok talking about my struggles, I I think at one point I was like, I just want to kind of remember the times during webcamming. That's where I, when I got into selling weird things like socks and panties. And once I started talking about that and I, it went zero to 100, then I got really inspired to get back into it mm. and find my old regulars. And then I was like, holy shit, I have content and I feel rejuvenated and reminded that I am an empowered, sexy woman, even go- getting close to 30. So sex work is more of a passion for me, but then only fans happened. I'm in the 1%. Now I got to fucking commit to this. Yeah. So I am, I'm stretched in half. I had to start an entertainment company because I was making so much goddamn money. And now I have like a manager for that. And so, you know, someone that helps my only fans. So I'm just trying to wake up and be mentally healthy now because so much is going on, but this has now led to, okay, if I made it now I have to pass the torch. So now I've written a book. I have a YouTube series. I have eBooks, a website, the podcast, which all is to set women up for success and avoid the trauma and the hurdles I went through in a new internet world, which is suppressing us even harder. So trying to run my business, trying to fucking pop my pussy on the internet. And I'm trying to have an army of sluts behind me that feel community so we can survive together. Incredible. I mean, there is just so much to unpack here. And I just pick have your, to say, pick your part. <laughs> I just have to say, like, you are so inspiring and like not to like, you know, gas you up and like not capping. Like I'm sitting here literally like on the verge of tearing up because of how inspired I am by your like unapologetic self. And it's just so fucking cool. Thank you. And, and the funniest thing is not, you know, I'm unapologetic and vulnerable, but I look at my statistics and analytics, all the content of me, like crying and being emotional that engages the most. So I was like, okay, let's be more vulnerable. Yeah. Because it's what people connect with, you know? Yeah. When you see a hot girl in a bikini on the beach, that doesn't make you feel good as much as you want to like hype her up. All it does is set an expectation for you because everyone's liking her stuff. The second you see a hot girl who's crying and says life is hard, you're like, I want to be in the room with you. Give me a glass of wine. Mm, Let's hug. Maybe fuck. (laughs) So true. Maybe. Okay. There is so much to unpack here. Um, I just, I totally love everything you stand for, the brand. I love that you're taking like, you know, the typically outrage by society, outrageous topics, products, ways of making an an income, monetizing yourself. Like, I love that you are just completely owning that and truly leveraging it. Like Mm -hmm. not only, like, not only are you doing it, but you're like teaching others how to do it. And it's just, and then you're making money off that too. Like you're completely leveraging Mm -hmm. and being so resourceful about your skill set, about the things you offer to the world. Like it's just fucking awesome. I love it. We're all monetizable. You know, we all think we're not worth a lot. And Again, my expectations, all the people around me, even if you cook or if you clean or if you love dogs, there is one thing about you that is enjoyable. And there are people on TikTok literally cleaning their kitchen and people are watching it. And 
they're making money off of TikTok. Like, I feel like I'm I'm telling people this all the time. My friends, I'm like, you can be, you don't have to be this like model anymore to monetize yourself. So you it's can fear. Be anything. It comes down to fear. Yeah. And they're afraid of what people think. And you can't be monetizable if you're scared of what people think, but they're not paying your bills. So you can sit in an office and get paid to slave away there, or you can sit at home and get over the fucking fear of what people think. Cause either way, they're going to judge you here or they're going to judge you when you walk into the office. So pick your poison. And we live in such an incredible time right now where I feel like we really are being encouraged to move past those things. Like if you were going to do it, now's the time, you know, like even with OnlyFans and like you know, every influencer, every model we know is, you know, launching an OnlyFans. And I feel like we both have OnlyFans as well, period. Um, so, you know, Ooh. we encourage so many of our friends to get on OnlyFans. I was even in, I, I met this beautiful model over this past weekend and she would obviously kill it on OnlyFans. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm scared. I'm worried. I'm like, girl, I have an OnlyFans. And it's like, you don't even have to like advertise it, but it's literally just free money, like just sitting there for the taking. And it's like, even if people were to judge you, those people aren't paying your fucking bills. They're not writing you checks. They're not writing you checks. They're not paying your bills. Exactly. People who mind don't matter. And people who matter don't mind. Oh, period. Oh, that one lives in my brain. Right that, no, that what? is that's one of my that's one of my favorite quotes. I um, love that. Kennedy. We're going to be making that quote into a graphic for the feed. That love that. Is, yeah, no, that is so good. And I feel like it is I feel like a broken record sometimes on the show of just us convincing people that like fuck people's opinions of you. Like, again, that's not what pays your bills. That's not what benefits your life in any capacity. And to just get over that, because like if we were to look back, like I just put I just bought a second house and I'll be honest. Thank you only for fans only fans period thank you thank you only fans and i would have been kicking myself in the ass if i didn't like start that account and have you know that as another income stream it just mm-hmm. and it's not for everyone you know like i'm not going to sit here and convince people to make an only fans but it's like if you're doing what we already are doing which is making content in bathing suits like it, it does make sense and we often are trying to get our friends who are struggling for money who are getting like barista jobs like we're like you have a platform that you can be leveraging mm-hmm. and you're not be and you're not because you're scared you know Absolutely. I I get the grande because of OnlyFans and you're probably sitting in your house and being like the the three people that judge me don't matter because they're in their mom's basement and I'm in a fucking brand new house. But I do want to definitely encourage there is a fine line when I do encourage people to start because of the next phase, the retirement phase, the after sex work phase. And it's not spoken about a lot of the imprint you are leaving permanently. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's definitely, you know, a lot of sex workers are here to survive. They don't have a choice and they have to pick up any job and sacrifice their mental health. And we are, um, what's the word? privileged to be able to have the time to, to do the bikini. It could be because of our skin color, because the way we look, but totally. then at the same time, there are plus models and tattooed models and alternative and foot fetish anonymous models who are making just as much. So definitely the fear of how you look your age, just want to jot down that with age, um, one of the most popular search terms is MILF and porn and, you know, pregnant porn. So there's always a monetizable part of your body. Uh, maybe start with anon- anonymity anonymously and, and <laughs> um, being on there first before you commit. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. M- 
money can definitely sway how far you're going to go. And I interviewed Dalma from the panty selling podcast. She just retired. And she said, you know what? I had a moment where I was convinced to do something I didn't want to do because of a lot of money. So money can definitely kind of fuck you up a little bit. Absolutely. And that's why I I said, I don't want to sit here and like convince anyone. And that's actually something when we're talking to girls about, you know, if they're, if they should, or if they shouldn't, something we always say is like, you have to be very strong in your boundaries, you know, and because once you do see the money coming in and how easy it is, it can be very, it can be a slippery slope. So as long as I think, you know, everyone goes into it, note being very strong in what they're comfortable with and what they're not comfortable with. I think that is just the best indicator. I also think that you made a a great point about the privilege part, because obviously we're influencers and we, you know, we own our own platforms. We own, you know, our own businesses. We own our own podcast. So we don't have as much to be concerned about as far as like our digital footprint in the future, because we're never going to have to really be super concerned about a future employer, you know, Googling us or whatever it may be. So we also have that privilege there. And it's definitely something to be taken into consideration if you're not, you know, going to be working for yourself for the rest of your life. And there's also great suggestions like being a bartender at the strip club or a caddy girl at the golf course, like mm-hmm. dip your toes in, learn how to communicate with people, go through kind of giving too much of yourself for less and learn how to get past that before the digital footprint. Right. Yeah. And, and kind of, it'll show you like, Ooh, I can't handle this or, yeah. Oh, I'm ready to like triple this down. Yeah. And another thing I really like to give people heads up about, because we actually had, we had like two guests on talking about their OnlyFans before we decided to pull the trigger on it. And something that I do wish we got a little more of a heads up on is the idea that you are, you know, not that you're necessarily because there's there's this conversation of like, you know, could we both don't do nude. So then there's the conversation is, is that is that still considered sex work? You know, if you're not doing nude. Yeah. And I mean, I don't have the answer to that, but, you know, it's definitely something that's debated. But um, where was I going with that? Oh, something I do wish we got a little bit more of a heads up on is like people are paying for your sex image and you have to be okay with that you know nude or not nude you know we're I mean I'm posing in lingerie and it it, I didn't realize how interesting it would be for me to be like someone is spending their money I am monetizing my body like I am paying they are paying for this sexy image of me and I'm selling my sexuality and that's something I think everyone needs to confront before deciding to make the platform because at the end of the day that's what it is you know and like you don't know what people are doing on the, I mean you you do but you know you have to that's the reality of it is like you have to look that in the face and like you're sexualizing yourself and you're getting paid to do it I I think I did this on the show the other day I just googled what is what makes you a sex worker mm-hmm. and it says the broad definition of sex work would be the exchange of money or goods for sexual services either regularly occasionally um it talks about you can be female man trans young old mm-hmm. over 18 um so that's interesting because to me I think I respect women so much who are out there doing physical sex work I feel like they paved the way for us and I want to commend them so much But now I feel like with the internet, you know, you're showing your body and someone is seeing it as sexual and perhaps, um, what's the word? (laughs) I'd be like fucking jacking (laughs) off because of it. Acting out on it. Yeah, acting out on it. So to me, they're doing it on your free content. So why not have them pay for it? And exactly. That's how we see it too. I mean, we've gotten so many DMs from guys, like just gross ass DMs in the past of being like, 
like I'll post like a video of me in a bikini, like walking on the beach or something. Some guy will be like, oh, thanks for this. Just got off. And it's like, OK, well, if I'm going to get this normally, might as well get a bag for it. You I know might what as I mean? well attach my. Yeah. And then the way I see it, too, is like we're posting these these photos of us in bikinis on our Instagram and it has 300 saves. And it's like, well, what are those getting saves for? I'd rather have my consent, my bank account attached. Wouldn't I? Period. <laughs> Period. And I there's it's a double edged sword when you tell your friends like, well, you're fucking for free or you're sexting for free. But you see how much time and energy they give these guys and then, you know, they're toxic and then they end up so emotionally drained. So it's definitely true where, you know, you're providing services for free and there can be a a mutual agreement to to say, Hey, I want to make you happy, make me happy. And similar to sugaring, I commend those relationships because they start off with this contract and I wish all my relationships could. Right. right of like what the expectations clear, are clear boundaries you know absolutely yeah it's it's so interesting um I do want to go into your business aspect because I think it's so admirable and I love kind of how you I love how you mentioned that you didn't have a business plan for any of it because I think so often people don't feel like they have the business skill set to be a business owner or to be a founder or to be a leader and I love that you're like, no, I didn't go to business school. I have no business degree, but I like, I, I think it really showcases that you don't need a business degree. You just need hustle and like, you'll figure it out and you need need to be resourceful. And it's so important to like have that mindset of not letting things knock you down. Because like you said, you just bought a freaking over a million dollar warehouse. And I'm just curious as to how you, you learned your, your business, like education and skill set literally trial and error. Um, I think like, do you think you can teach hustle truly? I don't know. I no, I don't think so. I don't know. I think people can be inspired, you know, and then become more of a hustler, but I don't know if it's something that you can teach someone else how to do. I mean, I feel like you, you hear of like successful stories from people and, you know, it's like you listen to some guy on who was on fucking Forbes and he was like, I was selling candy bars in elementary school. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like it is there has to be some an in, aspect innate. of it that is innate. Yeah. So for me, I try to teach relentless ambition because ultimately mm. being a business owner, you will fail. Failure is promised. So if you're good at getting back up and keep moving, the faster you can do it, the faster you're going to succeed. So when I was a 17 year old in that mindset, I I remember always telling my friends, I want to fuck up and do all the bad things right now because a, I'm under 18 and I can get away with it, but B I'll learn faster. And when I turn 18, I will have all these experiences because you can't teach experience. I, Mm -hmm. I have these eBooks that are like, you know, five steps to safety or, um, you know, different flow charts of talking to customers, but I would have never learned those without my experience doing it. I could hand it to you, but ultimately you have to apply that knowledge. Um, But as far as learning fucking Google, I would say Google is my daddy because (laughs) you can, it's free information. You can literally like when I transitioned to Shopify from big cartel, my platform that I sell on, it was extremely scary to just start from scratch in a whole new backend. So mm-hmm. what did I do? I just fucking watched the tutorials, watch the <laughs> seminars. They're free. And it, it's yeah. just such a simple answer. And 
I, I have to, in my DMS, they're like, da, 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 da. I'm like, I'm sorry, but Google it. Like, no, I can't waste my time with this. Literally Book us. a mentorship and I'll tell you to Google it too. Yep. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, we have this thing called, what is it? F FIFO. FIFO. Figure it the fuck out. Figure it the fuck out. Especially, uh, God, if someone were to DM me a question that is like very easily Googleable, I might lose my mind at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, in the same, like with, with eBay, it taught me how to sell on Etsy because I learned how to take a picture, list the product, Mm -hmm. ship it, um, in a very gentle, slow time, instead of trying to like list a hundred things at once. So then when I moved to Etsy, the handmade market, um, it was different than just retail and reselling, um, items. So in the handmade marketplace, it's completely different. It's very customer oriented. And I learned so much there the customer experience. So a big thing when you're starting a small business, the product, you already have competitors sometimes if it's not handmade, but you have control of that experience because they're not walking into a store. So the second they go on their website, the second they check out the order confirmation email, um, checking in on when they receive it, every little thing. I mean, the fucking packaging, a love note, um, sharing them on social media, all those things provide an experience. And ultimately you are selling a feeling behind the product because I'm going to buy from a shop that makes me feel good versus, um, you know, the cheaper product that gets sent in the Amazon package. So that would be kind of the undercut of business advice besides saying like, here's exactly how to succeed. No, that's, that's so good. And it's so true. Like people are shopping to feel something at the end of the day, aren't we? Like even with sex work. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, everything people, you know, like that, that exchange is an emotional exchange, you know? So I think it's so smart to be thinking about the experience from start to finish. Like they go on your website, they get the confirmation order, the packaging, the love. No, it's those little things matter so much. Like they really are big things. Um, but I kind of want to backtrack to what you said just about like hustle. And I love, what, what did you say? Relentless ambition. Relentless ambition. ambition. That's my alarm clock says, get the fuck up, bitch. Relentless yes. ambition. We're going to take over the ambition. world. I tear them down. Don't take no for an answer. So yeah. I get my mantra right when I wake up. I love it. You just have that like on a recording, but it kind of brought me to this idea of like, is it hustle or is it grit? Like, or is it both? Because it, that reminds me of just like relentless ambitions, being relentless, being gritty, you know, like not taking no for an answer, getting back up after you fall. Like, that I think comes from experience. Like you said, is just like learning and failing and learning from that failure and doing it all over again, 10, tenfold for the rest of your life. Like it's not, you know, it's a journey, not a destination. And being an entrepreneur, I think Gary V said it's, it's like being a firefighter and it's who can put out the fires the fastest. Yeah. Oh my God. Truly. One more thing I'd, I'd like to know. And it, it yes. is funny when I get interviewed, I, I feel like I'm talking so much. And when I'm the host, I want to like shut my mouth and let them talk. So if, if, um, please interrupt me if, if no, we please keep going. Okay. <laughs> this is what we're here for. <laughs> well, think about it. There's, um, doers and idea ideas. I don't know a better way to say it. So we all have like, imagine having a friend that's like, here's a great idea. Like you should sell your toenails this way. And I'm like, you can, or you should sell this product. I'm like, it's a great idea, but I know the time and the steps it's going to take to get there. So if you are creative, but you're not necessarily a doer, find a partner that is a doer. Um, Mm -hmm. That's kind of how me and my COO work. Or if you are the doer, but you have no creativity, link up with someone who's creative or find a way to get inspired. But if you are both, 
you're a fucking entrepreneur because you can think of the idea Mm. and you can do it without outsourcing anything. And that is to me what makes the, the hustler more of a hustler. Spring is in the air, lovelies, and with it comes a fresh wave of energy, blossoming flowers, and endless possibilities. But you know what puts an extra skip in my step? My fabulous partners at Viahem. Trusted by a whopping 250,000 plus goddesses just like you, Viahem's products are just like a magical wellness wand in a bottle. Feeling a bit frazzled after a hectic day? Cue the Via gummies for instant relaxation. Battling stress and anxiety? Don't worry, there's a gummy for that too. And for those intimate moments, Via has concocted something truly special. High Love Gummies. Infused with pleasure-boosting cannabinoids, libido-reviving herbs, and just the right touch of THC, these gummies are your ticket to an electrifying experience between the sheets. But wait, there's more. Via offers an array of other gummies, with or without THC, catering to every goddess's needs whether you prefer a subtle two milligram dose or a bolder 50 milligram kick via has your back from improving sleep to sharpening focus or aiding in recovery there's a gummy for every occasion and the cherry on top you can easily browse and shop their collection online categorized by strength and effect and here's the best part darling via ships discreetly to all 50 states right to your doorstep no medical card needed so go ahead indulge in a a little self-care spree with via hemp because you deserve nothing but the best goddess head over to viahemp.com and use code goddess to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies 21 and up only that's viahemp v-i-i-a-h-e-m-p.com and use code goddess at checkout Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Viahemp. Now back to the show. So true, because you need that like you need that vision aspect of it, right? Because if you don't have the vision, what are you what are you aiming towards? It's also the opposite. I think it's also about being like realistic, you know, because again, we get approached with like a million insane ideas like all the time and people are like oh you have this platform you need to do xyz and it's like we know realistically we ain't gonna fucking do that because the amount of in you know the time investment isn't going to be worth the you know the money that comes out of that so i feel like it is really good to just be realistic about things and i i really do think that that only comes with experience because I think that Absolutely. you know in, in early on in our entrepreneur journey if someone had approached us with an idea we would have been you know a little bit more open to it but obviously with time and with experience you realize you know what is worth it and what's not mm-hmm. yeah but then it's also such a fine line because you want to also like go for things when you yeah. hear about them but it's hard to know what's going to be like worth your time and your energy mm-hmm. but it's a fine line well same with um with TikTok it's the shit posting that will make you go viral. It's making videos in 30 seconds that you gave no effort to that go viral. So talking about time management, you can draft 10 in a day, or you can focus on some like movie you're trying to make. That's not going to get hits. And I've worked with brands and created content the way they want to, and they don't hit. And I'm like, if you just trust me, I'm going to do this raw and quick and it's going to go viral. And it's, it's just the secret ingredient as far as TikTok goes. Yeah, (laughs) no, it is. It totally is. We're constantly telling clients like, 
yeah, we can execute this, but it's like not going to garner the the response that you want. Like or it, they don't it, know the trend and it doesn't make sense. to them. It's like, it's exhausting. <laughs> it is exhausting, especially because so many people that own brands are unfortunately old men. So <laughs> we really focus on brands that are, yeah, that get it aligned, aligned with yeah. us. Exactly. Um, there's there's something you mentioned that I would love to get into is that like, you know, you you've grown this business, right? And you're at this point now where you're investing in in pieces of real estate for your warehouse and all these things, but you still feel like you're back to the starting point because you're working just as hard now as you were when you started. And I think that's such an such an interesting concept because I even mentioned to Jess the other day, we were in the car and we were talking about like, you know, people and brands who have money. And a lot of times like we'll quote a client and knowing that they're a huge company and they have a huge budget. But we don't know if they have budget allocated to the services that we offer, right? Mm -hmm. So then it also brings up like someone, companies can have millions of dollars of revenue, but they can also be millions of dollars in debt. And that's just something you don't know. I mean, it might be like public record. I don't know. But it's it's interesting to, to make a lot of money, but then also, you know, have more bills to pay and then have more responsibilities and have payroll so, you, you know, as we scale our own business, it's something that we are keeping in mind of like, you know, at what point do we like pay ourselves? At what point do we do this? At what point do we have someone on salary? It's like, you, I, it's just an interesting take. And I think I love that you said that you feel like you're back to your, you know, point one of just hustling just as hard as you were in the beginning. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I'm. I'm going to try to say this lightly because my, the court case I was in actually got closed yesterday. Thank God. So now I can kind of speak about it. Um, but I want to be careful, but definitely I had, um, an assistant in my life who was embezzling money last year and you would have never known. Um, I'm in therapy again, and we've come to the conclusion that this is like a case study that psychiatrists would love to hear about, um, because a sociopath can manipulate anyone absolutely anyone they have experience. Um, so with that, we lost, um, a lot of money, assets, time. So there was one month where I, I couldn't hit rent and I had to go back in my personal funds. And as the leader, I sold my car, got our debt down because all we had was our assets. And with the economy, it's harder to get product right now. So we were really cash poor. Um, and then at the same time, a disgruntled employee who wasn't bringing in the numbers that we needed as a business owner, I had to let her go. And you do not understand the concept of how hard it is to hire and fire unless you're a business owner. So the public is like, oh my God, you fired her during a hard time. Um, I mean, I even posted the receipts of the work and how it just wasn't adding up at all. So there was this large amount of slander on the internet. It hurt our business even more. Um, our Instagram accounts were oddly getting, um, removed the same week. So then we're having to like pay to get those back and using all our time just to fight to survive. So it was the first time that I had to take my life savings out and really make a plan to how to move money around to get back where we were. Mm -hmm. So thank goodness we did. I was, I was really scared for a moment about having to possibly downsize the warehouse, cut more employees. Um, but that kind of just shows even at the success stage, people assume I'm at things can take a right turn quickly. 
I still get all the comments. Oh, you didn't buy that warehouse. You're using daddy's money. And I'm like, listen to the interview of where I talked to my mom, how, when my dad left, he took everything (laughs) and fucked us all up. Like daddy wasn't around, like there was no allowance. So there's definitely that perception that, oh, if she drives a Porsche, she, you know, she shouldn't be having a hard time. Um, mm-hmm. so it, it was definitely emotionally hard. I'm, I'm still trying to recover about inviting people and trusting people in my circle who always have not always, but could have different intent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's actually insane. Thank you for being so vulnerable about that and sharing that. And I think it honestly just speaks volumes about how like the truth of this entrepreneurial journey and that it isn't always butterflies and success and you know accomplishments and milestones a lot of times it is really fucking scary yeah I mean I I was kind of taking care of my mom before I moved here I was paying her rent and my two mortgages here and I didn't think twice about it because she worked three jobs when I was a kid but for Christmas she sent me an $800 check and it healed so many wounds because a she's now in a place where she can do that Aww. super it gives me chills and i i called her and i was like you know i can't accept gifts because then i feel like i owe someone something that's right. why i don't that's why i do everything myself and i'm happy to uh sacrifice my mental health for that yeah um and she was just like honey I'm your mom. And it was, it was really hard for me to accept that. And honestly, that check could have saved a lot, um, before that January, where then we go into tax season, Mm -hmm. uh, the year prior, we owed over a hundred K in taxes alone. So it's, it's really fucking difficult. Um, but I, I just wanted to share that moment because it kind of taught me after the sociopath experience to, it's okay to ask for help, even though I still can't take that advice. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a journey because it all stems from somewhere much deeper, you know? And and asking for help, I feel like people say it all the time, but it's it's not necessarily just asking for help. It's admit or admitting you're struggling. It's being vulnerable. It's, you know, who who to reach out to, who to trust, because you can ask someone for help and they could turn around and stab you in the back. You know what I mean? Like hiring this sociopath that was brought into your life. You know what I mean? Like you brought that person into your life for help and for in to like trust them and this is what they did to you and it's and I love what you said about like you really don't know how important like how vital and how difficult it is to hire and fire people unless you've done it that has been one of the biggest challenges of our entrepreneurial journey so I definitely feel you and see you on that plane thank you I and part of the reason I decided to get out of the place I was born and raised is because of the employee who would never come to work on time came in like, I'm okay. Get, get smoke your weed. If you get the job done, I don't give a fuck. But if you are on like opioids and laying down in the garage, we have a problem. And a, that becomes me being, I'm, I'm not the best boss. I'm a lover. I'm a pushover. Um, you know, if she came in so hungover, I'm like, let me get you water. I'll make you some toast. Yeah. So (laughs) I had to set a boundary and I said, you're not giving me a choice, but to mm-hmm. fire you. Yeah. And guess what she decided to do? She decided to call the cops, tell them there was weed in my house, um, some other things. And the police did like an internal investigation watching my house for three months. And one day got the door kicked in. Um, there was, there was some things in the house and 
kind of went down to zero again. Um, it was one of the worst days of my life. And just cause she, when people don't have anything to lose, those are the scariest types of people. Yeah. And I never, I never talked about it cause I was fucking embarrassed. They took one of my cars. Um, it was a really, really low moment, but at the same time, the, the tallest blade of grass gets cut and in a condo neighborhood, it was quite clear. She had a G wagon. She had R8. There's a hundred packages on the doorstep. So it was kind of bound to happen blessing in disguise. It got me here, but I didn't hire again because of her for the next five years. So my partner and I were in this house. He was fulfilling over a hundred orders a day. His body was deteriorating because of it. I had to hire or my business was going to fail. So I'm so lucky to have the COO that I have who does the hiring and is the boss because I came to terms. I'm not good at it. I'm not. So when Mm -hmm. these two employees came in and really gave me that PTSD all over again, it, oh my God, I don't want to cry, but I really love those people. I let them in my house. I gave them the world. I, you know, I, I buy everyone's dinner and then they, I don't know if they expect that for me. I, I just have so many regrets, but I, I still, I still love them. And I don't know if that's a problem, but I decided that I could either not trust and go through that same experience of breaking myself down, or I can decide to keep my heart open for the potential opportunity for a really great person to come around. And cause I don't want to live my life in fear like that fear. again. Right. And it's, it's just so scary. And I think that's, it's, it's just fucking hard. No, it's, it's so hard. And that is an extremely traumatic thing to happen, you know, and it's going to take years of, of learning, learning to trust again and work. Yeah, completely. Mm -hmm. Um, But something that, you know, I hope this brings you some peace, but something that we always, it's like our mantra living in our head rent free is, is, (laughs) to God, is no losses, just lessons. Mm -hmm. And as shitty as a lesson as that was and how, you know, in hindsight, now you can even be look back and be like, what was the fucking point of that? Like, I didn't need that to learn this. That's the only way you can go forward sometimes, you know, is that wasn't a loss. That was a lesson maybe trying to steer you in a different direction for something even worse to happen. You know, like, I don't know. Sometimes like it was like a saving grace or something. Yeah. I mean, if that's, you know, possible, if that's possible, if that's what we need to kind of move forward and not operate from that place of fear, I think that's the best thing we can do for ourselves. And I think the bravest part about it is opening back up and like allowing yourself to continue to love. And I think a lot of people don't speak enough. I don't think enough people speak about like these experiences that aren't just like romantic relationships. Like, because of course, you know, get back up, love again, but like the trauma of trusting a friend or a worker or someone, I'm something of that nature. Like, I feel like that's not the part that we speak about enough because it's like, we are putting so much of our, our trust and our like lives in these people's hands. And although it's not like our hearts necessarily, but it is like our livelihood. And like this person that had nothing to lose, I mean, completely went psycho on you. You know what I mean? And it's just, and I really think that it's admirable that you kind of took a step back and said, okay, I'm not good at this. You know what I mean? Because at least there was a point to move forward from there. It's not like, oh, well, I'm not going to continue making the same mistake. 
it's time to delegate. And I feel right. like that is that's the lesson. That's the lesson. And that's where we go. Time to delegate. Let me write that down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we are really big on delegation. Like we think that it's, you know, incredibly important and it really can make or break your business because you can, you know, choose to have your ego and like, you know, feed into the ego and be like, no, I'm, you know, I still know best. And, but like there's power in admitting what we do not know. Yeah. And, and what we're just not simply not good at like, yeah, for, of course. So I feel like we're, Jess and I are really good about delegating things that we don't want to do, but I think we could be better about delegating things that we're not good at, you know, like we haven't really sat down and taken a hard look at the skills that, Hey, you know what? We're just not good at. Like, we know we're not good at math. I know I'm not good at spelling, but other than those things, it's like there, there probably are a lot of aspects of our business that just are not our strengths and that we could probably delegate out. So that's even a great reminder for us too. So where do you guys delegate or outsource help? I'm curious. So we are both full-time influencers. And then on top of that, we have the podcast and we also have a creative agency called Mood and it is a digital creative agency. We service brands for content creation, influencer campaigns, social media account management, and a lot of TikTok and real creation. Um, so for the podcast, we have our producer Kennedy. She's the one who's been coordinating with you the whole time. And she pretty much runs the show. She does the social media. We have an editor who edits the whole podcast. So we've gotten down a system to where we show up and we create, we have these conversations and then that's about it. Cause Once that's we, where your value is. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what we enjoy and that's what we're good at. And we yes. thankfully it didn't start that way though. You know, we started editing the show ourselves and doing everything ourselves, but we would be burnt out. There's no way. Well, see, that's so important. Cause you knew how much time it took for you to do that. So when you do outsource, you know, the price point to outsource. Yes. So I think the problem with Um, I don't want to say the problem with hiring local, but you are going to be paying more for a job. And I feel like on social media, there's so many things you can outsource, um, at cheaper rates, especially in the beginning stages. Mm -hmm. Um, so I use upwork.com to outsource a lot of technical things. Even just fucking customer service takes all fucking day. Totally. So again, from being a a creative or a doer, I think that to write down all the things you're good at and write down all the things you're bad at and then figure out that happy um, medium. Mm -hmm. But I I wanted to touch on where you're saying no loss, just lesson. Um, I think protecting your peace is really important. So me going into this court process in the last few months really taught me like I'm not seeking revenge. I'm seeking justice and protecting my company, not only for me, but for my employees, because they deserve to pay their bills too. So fighting for a team was a new experience for me. So when we were talking about like the the beauty and the breakdown, um, so my DUI taught me to, it uh, projected me to start a business. Um, The first bad employee I had got me to move to Wilmington. And now these, the past few rotten apples I've had to deal with who tried to spoil the tree, has made room for better opportunity. And so I don't make that mistake again. Now, if I had to go to court for NDAs or anything else, again, at least I'm not going to be shaking and sweating in my shoes when I go up there. You know, it made me feel so powerful to stand for what was right and what I believe in and having the facts to back it up. So I think, like you said, no loss, just lesson is so, so important. Um, one, one other thing I wanted to mention was 
in our office, like we sell sex toys, we're all talking about our sex life and that's very personal moments. So not only are we getting close cause we're nine to five every day, but based on the products we sell in the community have, it's a lot more deeper and emotional. And even my therapist is like set boundaries, delegate. And I'm like, this is impossible when an employee comes in and just made, you know, $1,500 on her sugar daddy. We're all like, let's make some money with the, or some content with these dollar bills. Like it's, it's just an endless road of becoming closer to, to together. And that's just oh, another right. aspect of that as well. Yeah. Because you're also talking about probably the most vulnerable thing that any of us can ever do, which is have sex, you know? And like, oh, that is such a, even like us and our show, like we'll touch on it. We did one episode where we like talked about sex, but I mean, for me, I've gotten better, but I know when we started, it made me really uncomfortable. And I'm like, why is this making me so uncomfortable? Like, let's, let's look into this, you know, like, and, and also a great, this brings me to another point about starting our OnlyFans is that, you know, even that there was so much like when we were thinking about doing it, but didn't want to, and we scared judgment. There's so much shame associated with like just being sexy and being and sexualizing yourself. You know, like I realized I didn't realize up until that point, but I was like, I am scared to be sexy. Like that's, that's what's happening here. Like I'm scared of other people seeing me sexy, like not necessarily strangers, but like my fiance's family, like I'm scared of them seeing me in that light. And it's like, why should I be like, it's just a part of all of us and who Mm -hmm. we are. And, you know, of course it's like society and it's taboo and that's probably why, but it was just a really pivotal moment for me. And my, I think my personal development journey of like kind of owning my sexuality and standing strong in it, not being scared to be sexy. And for me, I, I'm definitely okay with, um, being sexy, but then you're, your fans want to see more. So I'm like, how can I do that as a solo artist? And I remember like, I took this beautiful picture spreading my cheeks. My asshole looked immaculate. Yes. It's probably the only great picture of it. I have, I always, <laughs> they're like, I want to see your ass. I'm like, grab that one. Yeah. That's the, that's the one, <laughs> but it was in one of my drives and with Google and the computer, sometimes different accounts open. And so like three people on my team got to see the inside of my butthole, <laughs> Love it. Love that. but so that was kind of, that broke the ice, got over that. Um, but then I had a client who has made it well known that one of my uh, labias is a different size than the other in a way that I never even really noticed. Like he even talks about the creases and the crevices. Oh, and wow. at first I was like, God damn it. Do I need to get a labiaplasty? And then I was like, you know what? I'm monetizing on that. He likes it, but I'm having to get more comfortable with that side of my sexiness. Cause I can't give a fuck about it. Otherwise it's going to harm me and not help me scale my OnlyFans business. And this morning the, the team even said, you know, you should maybe consider collaborating to reach out to different fan bases or girl, girl, boy, girl content. So I'm trying to set my boundaries, um, for that, but it's definitely, um, it's interesting. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is such an interesting, but it's so important that like these conversations are being had, you know, because Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, the more you talk about it, the more comfortable you get with it, the more comfortable you make other people with it, you know, like, who knows, like people in our audience might feel better talking about sex after listening to this with their friends or with their significant other or with their family. Like, I think just the more we normalize it, the better. Yeah, the family thing can be scary. 
Yeah, that I mean, I'm, I can only imagine, you know, yeah. like how about how about you guys? Have you shared about fa- family experiences before? Um, like you mean like publicly, like with our audience? Yeah, like um, if you ever told your parents or how they felt about it or just kind of where you are at now with sharing things for because for me, the potential fear of them seeing it, I'd rather them know beforehand. Right. Yeah, that's true. We've never had the opportunity to speak about it on the podcast, but here's here's our time. Um, I, I definitely dealt with my mom is very involved in my life, kind of was a momager as I was younger doing child modeling. So she definitely had her, you know, had her piece to say when I decided to launch it. And it was kind of at the end of the day, I just had to let her know, hey, I'm an adult. I know what's like, not to be like, I know what's best for me. Of course, she's only looking out for my best interest. But I had to set a boundary of like, this is my personal decision. And you know, you can't really persuade me otherwise. I've trust that I've done my due diligence, trust that I am looking out for my own best interest. And that's kind of all you can tell them, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me personally, my my dad's like really not on Instagram like that. I don't think that he's like seen it, you know, or even really would know what it is. I mean, I mean, I'm sure that motherfucker knows what it is. I'm <laughs> not saying that man is a saint, but you know, he's not like, he's not hip. He's not hip. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if he knows, like he knows I model and he thinks I'm a whore anyway. So, I mean, like, Yay. <laughs> like it doesn't really, it doesn't really affect me. Like when I started like modeling and was doing like swimwear stuff, he thought, it was like the end of the world. He was like, you're ruining your fucking life. I mean, you know, I really don't care at that point. But my mom, my <laughs> mom, whole other conversation. my mom knows about it. Um, I think that she, she trusts me, if anything, like she has a lot of trust in me and the decisions that I make. Yeah. My mom also was a teen mother. You know, she had my older brother when she was 16. Um, so she really can't say shit. You know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> It's not like, like you mom, shut up. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're and, and it's funny because we, we'll joke about it, you know? Yeah. Um, But it, it, it is funny that you bring that up because I, I I'm a photographer and I shoot girls for their only fans. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I and I was shooting a friend the other day and we were talking about it and she's like and I think I asked her like, oh, like, you know, I think we, I was asking her about like if her her boyfriend knows and then we talked to like about her family and she was like oh the other day I actually had this like really weird experience mm. where I saw my dad's co-worker had signed up for my only had fans subscribed. had subscribed and um that's he, a who yeah people and, and that's just a reality yeah of only fans and Olivia's had an interesting experience as well, but she said that this coworker then brought the page to her father and was like, do you know your daughter's doing this? Yeah. And, and she had already told him and, you know, I, I don't think that the, the dad realized that like the coworker had to pay to see this content. So it was kind of like a big weirdo thing on his end. Um, but I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely nuanced. Like there's no, you know, one easy answer, you know, like I've told one parent, haven't told the other, don't care to tell the other. So it's like, you really just have to take a look at your family dynamic and see, you know, what the best path is for you. Yeah, totally. My dad also has probably no No idea. idea. (laughs) He's like not hip, you know, it's really, it's the hip parents you have to worry about who are like on Instagram and understanding what's happening and stalking your life. Yeah. Yeah. My, it's hard when you go to Thanksgiving and 
your brother blurts out that you started a podcast and everyone wants to subscribe. And now your aunt knows about the first time you had anal and he came inside of you. Love that. You're like, <laughs> just a, just a Thanksgiving treat. Just doing God's work, I guess. <laughs> I I'm jotting down a few notes. I've like tried to put in three words, how it was telling my mom or my dad. Um, my mom was the one who sent me to Christian school when I was 14 and my grandparents paid for it because I was having sex with a guy like in his twenties. Um, she would go to work to be a nurse during the day. So he could just hang out at the house and see me after school. It wasn't until she found like condoms and alcohol under the bed that she, Ooh, she went full blown, call the cops, Oh, wow. like had location things on me. Like she says, probably as, that's what I do if I have a kid. Cause I'm probably psycho. If I would just be protective, I suppose, especially after my dad left. Um, yeah. she, I also had a friend who was worried about me stripping underage. She told her mom, her mom told my mom. So that kind of contributed to me getting fired. Um, so she already knew I had a wild hair and it wasn't right. until I started the business that I got respect and that I was helping mm -hmm. with finances that I finally get the respect. Mm -hmm. So finally, when I interviewed her on the podcast at the end, I said, I, I have a surprise, a secret to share. I love telling my family on the podcast because then they know everyone's listening and they know not to be a cunt. Yeah. You know, let's not use cunt as a bad word. But um, so I told her about the dirty panties and like selling um, like toenails and funny things and try to play it off as like a funny thing. Right. Um, so she was like, I'm not surprised. It sounds great. Like great investment, great return. Um, so I started with that before OnlyFans. Um, but she got it's, it was an, it was probably the best conversation I've ever had with my mom and me being, um, I just, I have such a, a light in me, but I also have this like shadow part. So my shadow was like, just wait till she dies. And you listen to that episode, it's going to be like the best thing that you have that feels like really emotional to you. Um, I don't know if that even makes sense, but mm -hmm. my dad, it. on the other hand, I didn't talk to him for 10 years because he was really shameful of me. Um, you know, just not going to college, they'll excommunicate you from the family. So he works in a church. We finally reconnected and I have the upper hand because he knows if he fucks up goodbye, you lost your daughter again. So I write my book and he's like, oh, I want to read it. <laughs> like, no, you don't. It's about yeah. how to sell your fucking Q-tips and there's pictures of my pussy in there. So I lightly said like, hey, it's a little R-rated. Like you already know I sell toys and it's a little bit different. Um, I probably prefaced it a, a little better than that. But he said, you know, Anna, I'm just so proud of you. It's fine. And then, then a week later, he, all of a sudden he comes more comfortable asking me like where to buy cock rings. And I was like, dad, no, absolutely not. I know nope. I've seen what I needed to see. Yeah. So say my brother, I interviewed him when we were driving home from seeing my mom oh. and, um, I surprised him at the end, but after we had had this really comfortable conversation about sex, it really like lubed up to the point where I could. And he was like, I'm really proud of you. I probably would start one too, if I can. And then I'm like, men can do it too. Then I'm like, yeah, trying right. to you read talk, him the book. You talk him into it. But wow. it was interesting because he shared with me how much he didn't like choking because after, um, the experience with our parents, he doesn't want to hurt a woman after seeing my mom so hurt. So any BDSM wow. 
really triggers him mm-hmm. and me, I'm like, punch me in the face in the bedroom. So That's now her. we get to have these conversations that really bring us closer that he doesn't, you know, that can help him grow for the mm-hmm. long term. And that deeply is so much healing for our relationship. Wow. Yeah. It can be used Ooh. as such a healing tool. It's, it's true. Cause like this, the great thing about, you know, being vulnerable is scary, but it's also such an opportunity to connect with people on such a deeper level. And, and really just like humanize each other. You know what I mean? Like no experience is like super unique. You know what I mean? So it's like, even like I've talked to like my little sister about sex and like at her age, I think I was still a virgin. So like, it's really interesting to like, kind of, you know, be a big sister to her throughout these experiences. And like, she's telling me things that she likes and doesn't like, and how do I do this? And how do I communicate to this guy that, you know, he's not doing the right things. And like, that has been such an incredibly healing experience for me because it's like, I wasn't able to talk to anyone about those things. Like I didn't like talk about sex for like the longest time. I didn't enjoy sex for a super long time. And I don't know, it's just been such an honestly like an honor to really like be able to guide her through these experiences that is so important to me a huge part of selling toys if not the most important for me is like creating the beginner package experience and really communicating to the mothers in my audience that it is almost your um, duty to provide tools for your child because they aren't receiving the tools anywhere else except porn so providing not sex toys, but sex tools to teach them how to drive their car before they get on the road is going to prevent them from crashing. Had I really known how to masturbate before and how much I fucking love it, probably would have never dated. I definitely would have prevented the rape experiences I've had. I definitely would have, again, found more pleasure in my own body. So why, like, it's a simple concept, teach kids how to, to masturbate. And I don't, I don't know if that's kind of taboo, like talking about kids and sex at the same time, but I'm sure there's someone, you know, yeah. Like when there's five-year-olds who are humping the side of their couch or their stuffed animals, cause it feels good and they don't understand. It's science. It's not anything else other than science. Yeah. We're not like, and, and, and I feel like there's such a fine line, like people kind of look at this taboo thing and like really demonize it. But it's like, I think it's worse to not inform them and then have them have these traumatic experiences and be going behind your back to, you know, figure things out when in reality, it could be a very simple, very PG conversation. Doesn't have to be fucking weird. You're, you guys are making it weird. You yeah, know what I mean? It's weird if you make it weird. It's only weird if you make it weird. Yeah, and I totally agree. It's like, why not teach them how to do it safely when they're when the like when the time comes and when they're ready instead of them looking at shit around the house and like, you know, like dude, things, even things even, can happen. Even things drugs, happen all the time. even drugs. Like I feel like we demonize like weed and you know um, alcohol and like. I would so much rather my child do it in a controlled environment. Obviously, the standard doesn't go for sex. Like, I don't know where where the boundaries are there. But like, you know, like if you want to explore with weed and alcohol, do it safely. Do it in my fucking home. Don't be in Brian, the guy who's, you know, a sophomore in college when you're in high school, in the back of his car doing some weird ass shit like in a field. Because I know that's what I was doing. I was doing drugs with people that I should not have been doing drugs with that were like sketchy Wilmington. Sketch, sketch, oh, sketchy huge Wilmington. hub for exactly. opioids. Huge. Yeah. And you know, like the heroin. Yeah. And, and, and I knew so many people that were 
doing other drugs. Like I was actually the, the friend in my group that was like, guys, I signed the dare flyer. I can't do drugs. Like if my friends were going to be doing drugs around me, I was like, I'm not coming. I was such a fucking right. stickler. Well, that's why there's companies that provide safe needles. Cause there's a reason they do that. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's I, important to be like facilitating these conversations. Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> so good wow there uh, there's okay there's one more thing i want to touch on before we ask our two final questions and it's really just about understanding the importance of having like multiple income streams and i think you know we can really relate to this concept of having a business that's that you're monetizing but also may, like monetizing yourself and your own personal brand and i'm just kind of curious as to what that maybe looks like for you or what that experience is like for you why you value it if you had a plan to get there or if it kind of just happened yeah i just want to get your take on having multiple streams of income having multiple streams of income is my safety net I admire people who are salaried and get to have their week off and still get paid and have that promised comfort. Mm -hmm. It's one of the biggest um, sacrifices for me. So having this hammock underneath me of OnlyFans, OnlyFans, I would, I'm even going to say it, it probably saved um, my, my e-commerce businesses over like now we're paying my entertainment company back, but having that blanket has changed my life. It's changed being able to sleep at night. Yep. Um, now I'm working on what is the word? Not virtual income. Is it passive income? Passive, passive, income. Yeah. passive income selling virtual products. So the book, the virtual series again was a huge safe haven for me because I could sell a thousand copies and not run out of inventory or pay right. to have to fulfill it or right. you know get um the materials to create it. So those are definitely something I'm focusing on right now teaching my team themselves to have passive income. So they aren't as stressed when the business is stressing. So mm. 100% it's, there's no other option for me now than to have multiple eggs. So with alien outfitters, when PayPal caught on that, we had adult products in the store and we cut off PayPal, um, MailChimp, our email service, they cut us off when the new terms and conditions came, having to switch uh, payment processors, having to get liability insurance for our products all these things kept slamming in my fucking face. And I'm like, okay, I have to Google it. I have to Google it. Luckily paved my way through it, but all my eggs were in one basket. Mm. And when alien outfitters, Instagram got shut down, I was like, I was waiting for this moment because had all my eggs been there, I would be going back to the strip club. Wow. 100%. So, so true. like to, to leave it on that note for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, so important. And even even people who have that like full time stable job, everyone is replaceable. And as steady as that job, as you may think it is, people will get laid off every day for no reason or, at all. Or the company will go down. Yeah. Or before you know it, they are uh, filing for bankruptcy and your job is gone. But no, I think it's just important for everyone to keep that in mind. Even if you do have a nine to five, like have a little side hustle, who knows that might grow into a full-time hustle. If you know, you believe in yourself enough and nurture it, but I think it's important for everyone to keep that in mind. Okay. We have our final two questions that we like to ask every guest. This episode and conversation has been so 
valuable, has been so like refreshing, refreshing for us, so transparent and like safe. And I hope our audience feels the same way when they listen to it. But thank you so much for sharing your time and your energy with us. Um, all right, let's get into the questions. <laughs> the first is what is your best piece of advice that you have ever received and it doesn't have to be ever it could be something, something that you've you received heard recently lately or something that you just keep with you in your mind living rent free so I think protect your peace was the one I had had to have um recently and don't feel guilty for something you didn't do hmm. so those kind of relate to that okay. um but sexually masturbate every day once a day whether it's in the morning or before bed, or at least try. Um, I like, I even ask my team every day, what are you doing for self-care tonight? If you have to take something on your, off your plate to do self-care, that is more important than anything. Um, if you can't afford therapy because it's completely fucked up that we can't afford it and that it's not a free service, um, check out free therapy options. I just did an episode on mental health and providing some resources there. Great. Um, that it's, it's just the most important. What's the point you got to do what you love and you don't want to, you don't want to get to a place where you feel like, what did I say the other day? Like I can't quit or get fired. Like I don't have that option, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, Mm -hmm. it begins to consume you the business. Um, I'm so grateful that I finally came down to it. When I I was getting suicidal thoughts, I said, I'm not just going to go to therapy. I'm going to see a psychiatrist. I always thought medication was a crutch and something to be ashamed of. And I, I said, I'm either going to not be here or I can try medication like last resort. So I'm on, um, Lexapro now for my depression and I'm on Lamictal to help with, um, minor bipolar tendencies and holy shit, I, the, literally the first day I took it and she told me if, if you don't have any dopamine in your brain, you're going to feel like you're on like Molly the first day. So I went outside and, and I could like feel the air and yeah. smell the trees. <laughs> wow. And I remember being like, is this what normal life feels like? And even on the bad days, I, what did I write down? Um, even on the bad days. I accept my circumstances because I'm committed to improving them and my perception, like when alien outfitters went down, et cetera, all my perception is now is like what doors opening. So some days when the team is stressed and I'm like, we got this, we got this. And they're like, it is on drugs. <laughs> they're like, I'm trying to get like you, my boy. So really that piece of advice, if someone is listening, um, just con- consider it if if you get to that point and ask for help if it comes down to the finances to be able to do that. Literally start a GoFundMe for your mental health. Yeah, facts. if you're if you're also stuck with what side hustles to start. Um, last year I did a YouTube video of five side hustles you can start with, like no experience, no um, investment. So even things like um, recording for audiobooks. Um, what was another thing like getting on Upwork and using one of your skills to outsource? There's just a plethora of things um, on there that are, are free. So definitely stop putting yourself in a fucking box. Yeah, it's 2022. Beautiful out there. No, no reason for it. Thank you for sharing that with us. And our last and final question is, 
What is your best biz pro tip? So, you know, this could be anything from like a mindset hack to like an app that you use religiously. A time management hack, yeah. anything like that. Ooh, that's good. There's a lot of apps we use on Shopify to coordinate things. Um, if you have a big team, Asana is a really great way to keep your projects organized. I think outsourcing, making that pros and cons list, outsourcing where you can. And if you work from home, oh my God, figure out what you can write off. Um, make sure you get a vehicle that's over like 6,000 pounds if you're driving to the post office, because that's a business expense. Percentage yeah. of your rent is a business expense. Um, i trying to think if there's any like app I use. Honestly, biggest business advice is if you don't get on TikTok today, just wait till their algorithm is the same as Instagram and you will have no fucking chance. Yeah. Apps so are already true. popping up. If yep. you are on TikTok and you run a business, I'm going to say your business will fail because, um, with what did I do? I posted a knife TikTok the other day. It got a million likes in the day. And normally we make a thousand dollars a day on that store. And we made $7,000 that day off of a shit fucking video. So That's if insane. you are literally have a business and you don't have a TikTok, I'm, d I'm disappointed in you. Mother is sad. No, literally what I we tell people <laughs> all the time is that it can, it make can your change break. your life. I mean, it can literally change the entire course of your life and your business in a day. For, I wouldn't in, be in something here. You spent a minute on. I wouldn't be being interviewed by you lovely people if the, you didn't see my TikTok. So true. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> Make a TikTok or your business will fail. Thank you so much, Anna. It has been such an honor connecting with you. I'm so excited that we are connected now and that we're going to stay in touch and keep supporting you in all your endeavors. If our audience wants to follow your journey, where can they find you at? I hate this part too. Uh, <laughs> Miss Mothership on Instagram. Um, podcasts, Sluttrepreneur podcast, all my books, my free resources, my YouTube, you can find it professionalgoddess.com, my books there. Um, let's see. And we'll make sure oh. to include all of this okay. in the description you. as well. Of yeah. course. Thank you. Cause my only fans is Rebecca blue. I have two only fans accounts. If you don't have two and link them together, I suggest that. Um, so Rebecca rabbit is my xxx content so i Ooh. use the free page to kind of promote that page and get income from both so smart twitter's also rebecca blue and my businesses again would love if you use code slut you can get a discount on all of them alienoutfitters.com for clothing hornystoner.com for bongs and butt plugs and bladesforbabes.com for your next safety tool amazing thank you Thanks, so much we have had so, so much hot. fun ah, <laughs> are we about to kiss <laughs> so are you maybe no i'm like can we talk about a collab after it is <laughs> <laughs> let's run it we love you thank you so much for joining us and i really do look forward to connecting with you further and just staying connected yeah. guys if you like this episode please 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 take a screenshot share it on your instagram story send it to a friend tag us tag anna let us know that you loved this episode and we will see you next week and y'all leave a five-star review, fuckers. Yes, leave a review. <laughs> Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. All right, sluts. It's the end of the show, so it's time to plug ourselves and pay some bills. So lube up. <laughs>
If you want to keep the show going and learn more about me and the team it takes to run this empire, you can check more out at professionalgoddess.com. My YouTubes, all my books, they're linked in the description of this episode. Want to send us love notes, have questions, or want to collab? Send us a message at management at professionalgoddess.com. And remember, every time you leave a five-star review, a unicorn has an orgasm. So keep the big O's coming. If you want to check out our socials, you can find the Sluttrepreneur Podcast on Instagram. Connect with me on Insta at Miss Mothership and on TikTok at Rebecca Blue and at Weird Things I Sell. And connect with me on Insta at Strictly Biz Liz and Mostly Biz Liz on TikTok. We also have an X-rated Discord chat to connect with other sluts in the industry. DM us at Sluttrepreneur on Insta to get the invite link. Lastly, if you want to get all up inside me, follow my free OnlyFans at Rebecca Blue and my explicit page at Rebecca Rabbit. Thanks for listening. We love you so much. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, refuse to be anything but successful. So go make that money, honey. We'll see you next time, queens. Bye. Bye.